0: <laughs> it would be a waltz, but I'm going full c might yet win. it here for one.
1: Welcome everybody to your latest episode of Wolves Fancast, reviewing the victory over Watford. We're, yes, we're off the mark, we're on the score sheet, and we finally got three points to mark the real kickoff of the Bruno Large <laughs> era. Um, now I've got Luke and Matt with me today. First of all, boys, how 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 good a feeling was it just to get that that three points on the
0: board? Luke, I will start with you. Yeah, it's it's good. It's um hopefully you know it's going to give the lads a bit of confidence and you don't want to you could sense the negativity creeping in a little bit with with the fan base you know and we haven't won in three we haven't scored what's going on this that and the other um so just to end that now we're off the board the season can start officially from yesterday saturday (laughs) if you're listening on monday or tuesday yeah any other time of the week
1: was it a, was it a sense of relief or, or, or joy or, or what when the vinyl whistle so blue for
2: you? Um re- relief. Yeah. Sorry, Luke. Uh, oh, well. relief from from my point of view, Luke. What about you?
0: Joy. Just happy to get back to winning ways. It's been a while. Would it would we yeah. would it have been six or seven without a win in the league? I mean, sorry, beaten in the league. Overlapping into last season, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah we, we hadn't we didn't win any of the last three. Um, I believe. And yeah, three three defeats on the bounce. It's I mean we'll, we'll go into into more depth obviously um, later on in the podcast, but just that that feel, that winning feeling again. You can't really beat it. Now I, I don't know if any either of you went to the game or not. Were any if you there? Sadly, not for me. No,
2: it was uh, finding some some other other fruitful means of finding it and avoiding the Ronaldo show.
1: Mm. I, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like uh, Ronaldo broke the internet um, on Saturday um, because uh, I, I struggle to to catch the full, absolute full ninety minutes um, by whatever means that, that I tend to do. So. Um, so, did did any of you you experience any trouble with that? Uh,
0: what What was your thoughts on the whole Ronaldo thing? The Ronaldo thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm
1: sick to death sick to death of it already. Already, like Why? are you not
0: happy? For the man,
1: why well, I mean. would I be happy about that? I don't understand what I'm supposed to be happy about.
0: It's, it's a great story, mate.
1: So is you know Francisco Ciaralta, you know, nodding <laughs> one in football. You know, I, I, was, I was I was genuinely really excited about that to be honest. First goal of the Premier League year for Bruno Lage. So I'm,
0: I'm, I'm glad it didn't finish one nil yesterday because if our top goal scorer was OG. <laughs> <laughs> we'd it's still,
2: be, we'd still be
1: whinging, wouldn't we? We yeah. would still be whinging about it. But if we go back to the start of the game, um, when the lineups were announced, nothing new there um, with regards to the starting eleven. But when you look at that bench, um, gents, what do you? What do you? It's pretty tasty, isn't it? It's
0: a strong out, bench. Out of
2: nowhere, yeah, kind of out of nowhere. When we've been kind of pulling our face at some of the benches we've had over the last kind of seven or eight. Premier League fixtures going into the back end of last season you 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 were sniffing that at it really but looking at that now it's chocker full of experience in the Premier League from players that we've already had and then some exciting talent that you know that we've brought in as well so out of nowhere especially considering the absolute fury about the transfer window it makes a pleasant reading
1: yeah I mean yeah I mean Obviously, a first glance at um, Huang Hee-chan and uh, Yeson Mosquera um, being in the matchday squad. Um, Huang obviously being able to make a real impact on this occasion. Mosquera, what you wouldn't really expect, I suppose, a, a centre-half to, to come on, but it, it, it bodes quite well. And having ended the transfer window on quite a low point, maybe a, a, a chance to just reflect and think, you know what, maybe we're not in such bad shape, Luke.
0: I, I think you've got you've got some good options off the bench as well, and that's the key for me. Um, I mean, if we ch- if we're chasing a game and we, we need a goal, we need to maybe change it up front. You've you've got How do you say his name? Huang. Huang. You've got you've got Huang um, and who can come off change it if you need to add a bit of physicality, offset pieces defending and attacking. You've got Dendonka, um Two decent lads at centre-half as well, if it's not quite working there. And you've got completely different options at fullback Without Nuri to to Marcel, you've got a bit more pace, a bit more skill, trickery, directness going forward. Um, So I I like the options because we're not limited now.
1: The the big talking point, obviously, quite close to pre-game was the availability of Jimenez and, and how important that was going to be and Watford had their own um, concerns over Sierra Alta, who was obviously key to the fixture uh, as yeah. well. And I think when you saw what happened to Tottenham and Villa over the weekend, um, who were obviously unable to feel their Argentinian contingents, um, I mean, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but clearly we, we made a real good decision to, to kind of put our foot down and then you know, kiss and make up with a Mexican FA, didn't we?
2: Mm. I at first I was quite vocal amongst my friends and anybody anybody that would listen at work that I didn't think it would be the worst thing in the world if Jimenez had have missed the fixture purely well from a couple of reasons really a from a from a headspace point of view he's he's being asked a lot of immediately after a, a not just a career threatening but a life threatening injury. Um, so to give himself some headspace, a bit of time away from the on-field side of the game to be able to just not have that mounting, mounting pressure because every every minute that he doesn't score, it builds that pressure. And it also would give Huang um, Chan minutes immediately off the bat if he was to be played in that striker position or give Fabio some, you know, a start. But it's a nice problem to have, really, because if you do have him on the pitch, you've almost got well, you've got the benefit of having a, a, a you know a soon-to-be again well, world-class striker
1: off off the back of what you just said then matt luke do you think you know recent times it's always been you know oh shit, what if ral got injured you know it's it's always been that absolute fear um which we've probably got with ruben nevers i suggest now in in a slightly different position but do you not
0: worry so much anymore about the fact that Raul might have to miss a game here or there or um the reason i wouldn't worry is i just i think he's had a, a slow start coming back um I, I, as matt said not just a career threatening injury a life threatening injury you know he's he's coming back from something major um but how long do we sort of wait for him to Firing all cylinders again, um, like yesterday, and possibly against um Man United as well. I would have liked to have seen Silver given a run of, of maybe 20 minutes and see what he can bring in case we do lose Raul again for whatever reason. And also, I feel I, I kind of feel bad for saying it, but I don't think his performances have been that good. And I think in most games, me personally. <laughs> He's probably the one change I would have looked to have made from an a, a attacking option.
1: I mean, and I, I, I appreciate 100 that he has had a you know life-threatening situation with his injury and stuff, but I can't imagine Raul sitting there feeling sorry for himself and thinking that he's doing okay and, and all that kind of thing. He's probably beating himself up a little yeah. bit about the fact that he's not necessarily getting too many chances in games and yeah. or you know not have really had too much of a sniff of goal at this point. I mean, there was the header off the Matinho free kick, which yeah, yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah. You know what? If he puts that in the top corner, maybe pre-headband. You wonder if if he had it done, but then then you really feel like Ral's back if, if that goes in, don't you? Um, yeah. But
2: I th- I think the th- the fact that he carved that chance out though suggests it's more of a an if not when. No, the other yeah. way around. It's more of a, a when not if. Um, yeah. that, that he, he's hungry for it, and it and it's going to be the case. Much like how I felt prior to the game, that that. That bottle is fizzed up to the point now where it's going to explode one way or the other. And a goal would have just turned the cap just that little bit, let a bit of that pressure off. Mm-hmm. And it have been and it'd have been, you know, ready to go. I mean, let's not forget he did, he did, and I'm sure we'll discuss it at length, but he did create a number of chances for some of our less uh clinical players to eventually fluff. So yeah. Yep. You know' it's, it's, not and all, it's not that's that's as that
1: much thing. that's as much part of his job as as actually getting on the end of things i suppose isn't it but mm-hmm. if we, if we talk about the first half um and and the way it went i mean it felt like there was a little bit of pressure on getting a result here and i don't know if maybe the slightly different challenge that watford set us in, in the sense that they weren't gonna necessarily come out and and, and be too open um did it feel like we struggled a little bit maybe at times in that first half to create something, Luke, to, to you?
0: um, Yeah, but I don't think either team created too much on a whole. It was sort of one of those games where probably just lacking a little bit of quality and decision making in the final third from both teams. But I think when you go away from home in the Premier League, you can't expect to have... The whole game go your way for the full ninety minutes. You know you've got to expect to come under some pressure at home t- at, at at some some point of the game. Doesn't matter if the bottom of the league or top of the league. So I, I think we I think we managed the game really well. If I'm being honest, um, yeah. I, if you want to focus on the first half, you know I still think you can you can walk away and say that's not a bad first half performance. That not that's not. Um, it might not have been as good as Tottenham or Manchester United, but it was certainly better than Leicester first half, and it was better than. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it was better than 35 out of the 38 first half we had last season. So that's progress.
1: And, and and yet we still didn't fancy scoring a goal in the first half though, did we? That's just that's just ingrained in us now, isn't it? It's
0: uh, Yeah, it's that's, that's just a bit. <laughs> but we, but the, we had some decent chances, right? So my, um, Trinko's shot was um, a bit tame, but the Samaido chance, that's a big chance that is.
1: Yeah, no, it it's is. It is, 100%. And Good to still see that we are able to get into those positions, you know, regardless of of the fact that Watford weren't necessarily as open, like I say, as as, as maybe Spurs or Man United were. But I, I, I mean, in my intermittent um, stream, I, I managed to to kind of catch probably one issue I think we've got, um, which was down our left hand side. Um, now Ishmael Asar is their standout player at, at Watford. He is a good player, to be fair to him. But it did feel a little bit like Saïs and Marcel a bit over eager to go and challenge him. I think maybe they got sucked yeah. in and and <laughs> beaten a couple
0: to of times. around yeah. Nan in the back garden. Them two, I'm not like,
1: oh, they. <laughs> I'm putting it politely to be honest. But um,
0: <laughs> Matt, does that you. does that
1: concern you at all?
0: It
2: concerns me in the fact that we look like we could be split open down that side easily but I do think that's a byproduct of wanting to be aggressive and, and pressing as much as 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 large wants us to do and I think what that allows you where if if you're the recipient of a counter-attack like that and all of a sudden you can win that ball you've already got the beating of the three or four men that have already sprinted up the pitch to try and create the counter-attack from the opposition so I think then I think the risk isn't as isn't as bad as the reward in that scenario. What concerns me slightly is neither Marcel or Cesar known for their pace. I'm a poet and I didn't know it. If that was Nuri, it might be a slightly different story because he's got a bit more pace to, to, to combat if if we're gonna be sucked into those battles. But at the same time, Marcel, for someone who we've we've all said is made out of snackerjacks, he, he's done fantastically well in that position to, to kind of maintain his place at the moment. So, it's a hard one, really, because, you know, other teams will expose us in that area if they can see it can be done. But, you know, there aren't many players on the flip side to that, like Saar, that has the pace that Saar has either. So, it's a, it's a tough one.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I think Bolly might change that, though. Yeah. So, hmm. I can't, I don't think that change is too far away. I think Saiz might have one two games left. Until Bali's back in, and then I think we look like a different team if we get sort of championship, first season, Premier League Willie Bolly, and not last mm. season's Willie Bolly. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, I will, I will. I want to delve a little bit deeper into the the defense as a whole um, a little bit later on, but I think, yeah, you're right in what you're saying that you expect because you know our standout individual as a center as half is probably still not quite back at it yet. Um, but we, we, you mentioned the the Samedo chance in that first half. Did it feel like a bit of um, Groundhog Day in in the sense that, it, obviously it wasn't Triore that was in that position, but chances fall into not necessarily the players you want them to? You want Raul on that, don't you? I can't ever that... remember him going through one-on-one and scoring a goal, though, either. Well. Yeah, partly, uh, partly because we never seem to get
0: into those positions under Nuno. Uh, and he, he seems quite an instinctive striker as well, a lot of snapshots and yeah, um, sometimes having shots when you're not expecting him to. But it's on the one side, it's very, very good and very, very promising and very, very positive that we're getting into those positions in the first place because it's a dangerous position and a, and a big, big chance. But when he misses, you are just sitting there, you're thinking... Box. we just ain't going to score are we it's never going to happen um but I- i'd love some to get a goal as well i think he he deserves it i think he gets a lot of harsh criticism which is a bit over the top
1: yeah yeah of course i mean if, if we kind of segue into the second half now yeah it was deja vu because he then had another chance going <laughs> through one on-, one on one and you know it, it looks like a ploy to, to actually get him into those kind of positions, I think, from what I saw. I mean, I'll, I'll talk probably a little bit more in depth on, on GTA this week about this, but Troy O'Reilly, when he switched over to the right flank, was holding the width, and tomato was then allowed to make the runs inside of him, and that's what led to the really lovely flick from Raoul and, and Semedo going through again. I think the second one was a bit easier because he wasn't quite as close to the keeper, um, but like you say... We're, great news that we're creating the chances, Matt. But at that point, it, he's still it, it is, and it and you know
2: we've been burnt in the past by having a having a, a striking philosophy that relies on one player. So the goals have to be spread amongst the team. Um, it's just unfortunate that those chances have both fell to Samado and, and he's and he's fluffed both of them. If we're honest, but I think I think the positives of us creating chances where the negatives of us not finishing them because of our now attacking prowess that we have up front. I mean, the options now that we have are absolutely ridiculous in terms of if something isn't working, we can change it up. And I think, you know, you can, I'm not saying you can teach finishing and someone can be a class finisher overnight, but to have the, to have the natural ability to create that position and get in that position and want to be there, I think, is more important than being able to finish it because more can be done on the training on the training pitch, I think, with that. And you know, it's just another one of those not the curse, but it's as much mental as it is technical, I think, for, for a lot of the players on the pitch at the moment. And that win will have been huge, absolutely huge. Will yeah. have meant more than I dare say, from a from a mental point of view, it will have meant more of some of the the real glamour wins that we've had over the last kind of three to four years because it's yeah. just that that duck's broken and now we can crack on and then actually on the back of that result you look at the fixtures ahead and you're thinking yes I fancy a bit of that now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean yeah. It does look like a kind run but I think second half in this game we really kind of took charge of it uh, from from what I saw after after the break and now we needed a bit of a helping hand uh, for that first goal. Um, I think Miles uh, Miles Jacobson when he when he previewed <laughs> the game with us, mentioned uh, Sierra Alta as a as a big player for Watford, um, and and they were really hoping that he would come through. He'd been away with Chile, and um, thankfully for them and for us, he was able to make the game. And um, we needed we needed a bit of assistance, but I, I feel like we're going to have this slight issue where. Scoring the first goal is going to be really, really important for us. And once they do get those in games, maybe that's when floodgates will start to open a little bit.
0: Yeah, there's an
2: element of that, and I think it's the case that we obviously favour a team now that is going to is going to come onto us, and uh, we get the opportunity then to overload them. And that's what was so disappointing about <laughs> Manchester United when we played them is that they were so tepid. That it almost was our disadvantage. Well, it, that might have been tactical. I might be giving uh, Oli a bit of a, a bad rep there. But if we can score the first goal in games, you've got to then think to yourself: well, this could be two or three because we're going to have the opportunity now to overload when people are, when people are pushing players onto us, and it's and it's going to end up in a in a good result. But it's 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 not been just a Bruno problem. It's been a Nuno problem scoring the first goal. So there's something a little bit more uh, from a philosophy point of view that needs changing i think yeah and, uh, something that's just uh, a bruno large problem
0: Luca, are you a fan of short corners no i'm not but it <laughs> works so um so yeah I, I was yesterday in the 74th minute i was a huge oh, look corner. at you it's changed like the wind you do you? <laughs> <laughs> but, um no i did, I'm old school, man. I was just, just, let's just get it in the mixer. Come on, get it in the I, mixer. I, make first I, contact. Ball.
1: I do think from what I've seen though, they seem to change it up every single corner that they mm-hmm. have. They won't put two in, you know, one after the other, if they have some in quick succession, because they just prior to that, uh, I think Martino took one, Ralph flicked it on at the near mm-hmm. post and then managed to clear it. Then the ball comes back across and they, we get the second corner. And, um, I, don't, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't get the hatred for short corners. There seems to be a proper vendetta against them. Uh, and yet, against Forrest, the first goal came from one. Um, very similar, but on the right-hand side, when Herve put the ball in for Sais, And this time around, Marcel, nice delivery as well. Really mm-hmm. kind of dangerous. I mean, yes, he could have clearly dealt with it better, but when you're putting them, putting them in, in that kind of pressure, you're going to ask questions of them and he failed to answer on this occasion? Mm, I think
2: you know the corner traditionally is is a small reward for a piece of good play like guys have a corner everybody cheers everybody applauds and then when it's played in a short corner and then it's passed further back and then it's passed further back and then and then a chance isn't created it's a bit of a it's just a bit of a wet fart isn't it sometimes when it happens I mean our deliveries whether they were short corners or being whipped in last season were pretty atrocious anyway so I don't think it really yeah. made a blind bit of difference um but to quote a f- football cliche, it's a results-driven business, and if we're getting results from short corners, then long live the short corner.
1: But if you, I mean, if you look deep into it, the percentage of goals that actually result from corners is quite laughable. How excited we actually get about them yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, Isn't it something ridiculous, like three percent, or it's something stupid something like that. Like yeah, that. it's a total
1: fallacy that you know we should be really hyped for it.
0: I mean, uh, but you can't tell me you don't love the hype that's created when you're drawing a game or you're losing and you're looking for the equalizer or a late winner you get a corner in the 94th minute and everyone just goes mental nah, Luke, <laughs> this is me telling you cards. Cards. Like, ah. sit your ass down
1: <laughs> sit your ass down and cross your arms and don't worry about it you're just going to be disappointed cuz he ain't going to beat the first man
0: especially when you're away from home and the corner's right in front of the away fans in the corner <laughs> Mate, you know that's a fucking brilliant feeling, and that is why we love corners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god, this is a uh, this is quite interesting actually. Luke loves corners. <laughs> this is gonna be the this is gonna be a pod title, I'm sure. Um, but like, like I say, I mean, going one nil up, it, it it sounds obvious to say, but it feels like it's going to be more important to us um, than many teams. Um, and I think we we freed ourselves up a little bit from there on. Um, now. Prior to the first goal, we had made one change. Um, now, to, to get hold of the second goal, another change came about. So, the two forwards, Troy and Trincao, who had by no means had a bad game at all, um, were changed, and we just had something different with Huang and Pedence coming on into those positions. And yeah, you know, um, how exciting is it to have that variety up front, Matt? It's, 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 it's I mean, various options.
2: It, it does, because, and, I, and I'll tell you for why, because last year, under Commander Handbrake, as Stu
1: called <laughs> it, not, yeah. not a
2: direct quote from myself before I get a myriad of hate on my social media. Um, a change in, in last season felt like a random roll of the dice. This season, it feels like... <laughs> There's reasoning behind a change, and it feels like there's something more about it, and there's more to be excited about because I feel like every player's got a lift. We've only got to look at the performances of Neves over the last four games to know that there's something's clicking differently. And the what options that we have now in attack means we can change a game up completely. We don't have to be reliant on on Troyora barging past three men anymore. We we don't have to rely. On that left foot of Trincao, which seems to be just attracting the ball like a magnet, like there are just genuine different ways we can mix things up, and it's really, really exciting. And I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased it was Potence that created the chance yesterday because it's justification. If anything, it's justification for the way we're playing, and it's exciting, and it's just we we won't be as predictable, and 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 I'd, not route one, but it's not. Troy or or Bust anymore, and that that competition brings out the best in everyone.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously it was it was Wang that got the goal in the end, nice and nice and scruffy. You you gotta love one of them. But what are you what are your f- initial thoughts, Luke, on on his performance? I mean, he had half an hour. He wasn't necessarily involved throughout, but I mean, every time I look at him, I just think, bloody yeah oh, he's he, he's pretty well built, isn't he, for a start?
0: Yeah, yeah he is. he's he's um he's he's athletic athletic he looks quick um good ball control like you said he didn't really get too involved yesterday so it's hard to sort of make too much of a judgment on him off yesterday's basis but it looks like he can bring something and he he can add something as well um he looks like he's got a good work rate which always helps um and, and again for him to get a goal on your debut it just makes you settle. So much better. You know, he, he can relax now. He's he's the man in training on Monday when mm. you know the new boys coming in and he scored a goal on the weekend. So so yeah, it should hopefully help him settle a lot easier. Um I just want to touch on, on Matt saying how exciting it is with the attacking options, but the best is still yet to come, boys. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've yeah, still yeah. got Neto to come back as well, and he is I love. I love our attacking players, but Neto is something else. I mean,
1: it's a nice problem to have, but then you know who's making the bench. Even sometimes, it, it could be it could be to that extent that mm-hmm. you got to leave one out. And I'd, I'd hate to be the guy of making those decisions because I'm sure they're all you know macho testosterone filled blokes who you know want to be on the pitch every single every minute of every game you know we, we all know how pudents can have a little tantrum here and there on on instagram so i can't imagine what he's like when he's not starting games and things and well it's it's a bit is, of a man management then, isn't it
2: well this is it as reported by the fan cast obviously we know he's out for some time and when <laughs> it comes into when it comes into january if we splash out on a defender then maybe it's the case that we move into a a four at the back, and we have an extra player up front or creatively up front. Then, in some bizarre Frankenstein experiment, we end up with Neto and Traore and Trinco and Raul on the pitch at the same time. Wait, mate, get rid of tissues, mate. I'm spunking really? this. This is unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? I mean, and Matt, just, just picture it for a moment in your head how exciting that's going to be.
0: It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is a a
0: fucking league title there. (laughs) FA Cup the lot. That is a
1: frightening prospect. That is a frightening prospect. But I I do just want to give a bit of a shout out for the boys at the back as well. Mm -hmm. Now, we all spoke about, especially the three that have played all the games so far as being potential liabilities. Sace, Cody, and Max Kilman have all been through the mill over the summer in the sense that nobody's really um giving them any any kind of confidence and or or backing whatsoever and yet we're sat here i mean in the xg table we're fourth this Mm -hmm. season the three game we've basically won every single game we've played on xg that doesn't just happen because we're creating chances that happens because we're restricting chances and watford Apart from probably Josh, I mean, you can't even count it as a chance because they didn't connect with the ball, but Josh King flashing across the goal um, in the first half. I don't recall a significant Watford chance in that game. No.
0: No, no. I just did Sal make a save. Uh, uh one from Cicero Carthen,
1: but it wasn't a good chance. You wouldn't call yeah. it a chance, I don't think.
0: Um, I, I just want to sort of speak about one man who I've spelt poorly of in the past. But Max Kilman, some boy, he's uh, he's started this season really well. And he's made myself and I'm sure a hell of a lot of people sort of eat a little bit of humble pie. Because I mean, if, if,
1: Matt, if we'd have brought Max Kilman in in during this summer mm-hmm. and he'd started these four games and he'd come from, I don't know,
0: Lille, Ukraine, he, just, he, just, yeah. he just won the title
1: with Leal. And and he'd brought him in. We'd all be um, absolutely, you know, patting ourselves on the back on a good piece mm-hmm. of business, wouldn't we? But we
0: fucking working were... twenty-five million free. That's a bargain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's there's a reason why people like
2: myself, who aren't football manager connoisseurs, pretty much skip to a transfer window as, as quickly as humanly possible because that's the most exciting thing and and getting the transfers in are the uh, are some of the exciting parts of football. And I think we as football fans are just. That's just what we want. We want to be the headlines on transfer deadline day or we want to do that. So I think our, uh, our need and urge to to bring in a transfer sometimes outweighs our, or clouds our vision of actually what we've actually already got. And I think actually we should be really, really pleased that Kilman is, is proving a lot of us wrong um, and it's only to our benefit, really. I think, unfortunately, progress has to make way you know at, at the behest of sentiment sometimes and sace will be the one who eventually makes way for whoever we bring in um and he's been a fantastic servant to the club so far and i hope in some capacity we can still find a home for him and find a oh, position for him but... fucking hell, good. Oh,
0: man. you're speaking like he's Coming to the end of his life, he's got dementia.
2: Family to there's no sentiment for it, though, unfortunately. He's got to, like, you know... Oh, a, 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 Take
1: it round a, the back and shoot, it. <laughs> <you know?
2: laughs> Roman old yellow says,
1: Bloody hell. I tell you what, he'd grab that gun and he'd turn it on you. That's what he's bloody well doing.
2: I hope he doesn't know where I live
1: i mean he just he just survived yeah, a military yeah. coup didn't he that's
2: it well maybe maybe that's what he, maybe that's a new line for him going into you know being mercenary <laughs> over in Sierra Leone or something i don't know so he remains, the, baby, so
1: the, the new face of like the next assassin's creed game or something like that <laughs> <laughs> that'd be brilliant that'd be brilliant um so i mean we figured out that the defense is great the attack is brilliant um Tomado and Marcel, as it happens, were our two second and third highest XG as individuals in the game yesterday. I bet they'll um, still
0: give him six out of ten in the Express and star, though. <laughs> <laughs> what's the boy gonna do?
1: And the the the, the past it the, 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 the couldn't couldn't work together central midfield of Neves and Martinho were in total charge. Mm-hmm. So what's what's happened to us, boys? What what where's all this come from? We've got rid of course. Can, mate. You <laughs> oh, know what's God. so depressing,
2: though. Christ, people talking about the old man, Martino, who's thirty-five, and I think to myself, oh, "Christ, what are they going to call me when I'm thirty-five? I've got to look like I've had a tough paper round, as it is." So, like, to be in his like prime. Not going to disagree with
1: you there, mate.
2: I know, mate. To be in his <laughs> kind of prime physical shape at thirty-five, and he's the old man of the squad. he just shows how. You know, football Do you know what? What? game
1: like We you know when he's lining up that free kick um and they zoomed in on his face and he's giving mm. it the whole focus and all that kind of stuff, I thought, he's a good looking bastard, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. Um but I mean
0: Still needs replacing. Slightly, I know, Still needs replacing. A slightly
1: loaded question though, Luke here for you. Um are we a bit quick to write people off in, in, hey, the, in well the,
0: done, mate. In the Wolverhampton Wanderers fan base. <laughs> no, do you know what the problem is? We get too excited over one or two decent games. That's the problem. It's nothing to do with me. But, no, obviously, long term, we've got to look into it. It's a long, old season as well. It's all right. I'm, believe it or not, I'm actually older than Matinho by a couple of months. we would
1: never have had that.
0: And... It's all right in the summer. It's all fun and games when the sun's shining and the birds are still jerking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are you going to give it the whole, can he do it on a wet, cold Tuesday night? <laughs> I,
0: I have. But when it's minus three and we mean fucking Burnley on a Tuesday night and he's coming out of some wooden, some changing rooms that are made of wood, will he do all right? He's going to need resting. Oh, I'll be if we can get thirty-eight games out of him this season. If we can get thirty-three games out of him this season, playing at this level, in, in theory, fair we shouldn't table. be doing
1: that with anyone, really, should we? That's mm. your your, your centre half pairing is probably what you want to do that with, you mm. know, because you want consistency in that position. But nobody can can see through an entire season at that intensity in central midfield. Like that's just
0: unrealistic. Yeah, at possibly, that age, possibly at that age. But- that's why it frustrated me so much. We didn't get another central midfielder. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. window. Um, but like I've always said, you can't knock his achievements or what he's done. But I mean, if we fucking send him size to the the care home, <laughs> Tino <laughs> can't be far behind. Well, we might get a we might get a two for one or some kind <laughs> of. We're saying this actually, he's had a good game, man. Flip I know, it I know. I know. no! no! No, he had a good game. Um, Neves, fantastic again. You know, it looks like it's the partnership of we've got. It's like we've got the Neves and Matieno from when we qualified for the Europa League. Yeah, and reached yeah. the FA Cup semi-final. It's I, mean, I don't know about you. Both players back. I
1: don't know about you, but Nevers, just with every single game, I just fall in love with him more and more. Like he's just something else. I I, I can't get on board with the haircut, whether yeah. the lack of a haircut, if I'm honest. Um, but what
0: a freaking footballer, man! It's amazing it's, what happens when the handbrakes took off. Nuno would have ruined some of them players. He would have ruined Traore. He would have ruined Neves. Probably two or three more. But well, he would have ruined Moutinho as well. But, no, nah, seriously, he would have ruined Neves. He would have absolutely ruined him. But it feels like we've got the Championship Neves back now. And I know yeah. that's really ironic because he played in the Championship under Nuno. But, you know, it's it's a bit deeper than that. Obviously, the championship's no. a lower standard, so he can express himself a lot more and we could as a team as yeah. a whole. But it feels like, it just feels like he's being released and he's just being told, you are absolutely fantastic at football. You know what you're doing. Just go and do it.
1: Yeah. I, mean, Matt, I, I don't know about you, but um, Trinkau for me, getting better with every single game. Yeah, even though he came off on the hour, I still think this is pro- probably his best appearance in a wall shirt.
2: Oh, yeah, without question. And it's nice that, we've had this maybe rightly, maybe wrongly kind of feeling around the Wolves squad, that it takes an unusual amount of time for someone to bed in, or it certainly did under Nuno, or at least be able to have, be given the chance to play. And it's took him, you'd argue two and a half games or so for him to actually look like he's going to be someone that's offering a lot to this squad and, and he'll be fighting and he'll be keeping people out of the squad. And, um, it's a shame actually that the chance that he created up completely for himself it did kind of fizzle out and he didn't have enough power on it to really challenge the keeper because it was deserving of something more than that. And um, it's a shame as well, because if you'd have had more power, you could see that um, Raul was teeing up for the rebound and he was ready to slot that one home as well. Which is a great shame. But yeah, I mean, he's just showing, you know, we know that massive clubs like Barcelona buy players for fun and can't play them all the time, but there is a reason why someone plays for Barcelona and is signed by Barcelona in the first place. It's not by sheer dumb luck. There's a reason why, and we're reaping the benefits of it. And I just hope that long may it continue because we will be the will be the ones that uh, get all the benefits from it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. No, I think I feel like we're, we're becoming a very complete side at the moment, and uh, yeah, very exciting times. If, if I had to pin you down to a man of the match, Luke, who would you who would you choose? <laughs> Probably the boy, Neves. Yeah, for me, mm. might as well have bagged him for the first four games of the season. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, Matt.
2: It probably would have to be Neves as well. To be honest, because it's just it pulls pulls the strings. It's everything that we wanted him to be, and and controversial statement. I think he looks damn good with that Alice band or whatever he's wearing. I think he, I think that 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 rugged devil may care hair. Does him the world a good so never for me as well. Have I you also
0: noticed that he's more than the
1: hair? Yeah. Have you noticed that he's taking less long shots as well? It feels like it to me, anyway.
2: I think that's maybe that was a secret all along. A response from Cody's abuse on uh, on Instagram. Did you see?
1: <laughs> that was that was good crack. To be fair, fair play to Conor Cody. Um, well, we'll leave Watford behind on that note, guys, and uh, take a quick break. After which we we'll be previewing the Brentford game and uh, talking about some other things uh, around football as well so don't go away. Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action and of course, a bit of wrestling. Um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves fancast website, wolvesfan.com, please go check it out but they're not just web designers they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites brochures and signage to marketing logo design and branding there's basically nothing they can't do marketing wise so make sure you check them out at pixelyetymedia.com and i'll let you get back to enjoying the show Welcome back, everybody. Uh, now, before we move on to the Brentford uh, preview, I just wanted to touch on something that, um, I mean, if, for those who are aware, we are recording in the aftermath of the Liverpool versus Leeds game and uh, the horrific injury suffered by Harvey Elliott, um, who I'm sure we all wish you know the speediest recovery too. Um, horrendous uh, ankle break, it seems. But um, some of the chatter within the, the Fancast WhatsApp group, and um, I, I feel like it's, it's worth sharing some of the debates that we have there's some there's some good there's some good chat going in uh, around that but i don't my my initial thoughts and i I feel like um most people's initial thoughts on the situation were that pascal stroke made a good tackle um it was an unfortunate situation with the way he got injured and then the subsequent red card um i mean it was a brilliant game up until that point as well um it felt like that had a very big bearing on the way the rest of the game was going to play as well. And I just I just want to understand your thoughts on the kind of justice around that kind of situation. Obviously, it's a horrific injury, but Matt, start with you. Where's your head on that one? So to comment on the decision itself, I, I don't think...
2: I don't think, A, there's malice in the challenge, number one, and I don't think necessarily it was a bad or reckless challenge either. I think it's a freak, a freak accident that... Unfortunately, has caused a horrendous and horrific injury. I think the issue there, there's two issues really. There's the pressure of the injury to the referee. So he sees um someone in a heap on the floor, ankle flopping the way it shouldn't. Instinctively in his head, he's thinking something's gone amiss for this to go for this to happen. And two, I think the referees still don't have a full, not understanding, but aren't comfortable or aren't familiar yet with these rule changes around soft contact and giving away more in the game now. And I think a risk, you know, has the referee thought to himself, right? Well, this obviously isn't soft contact. Something's had to have happened. I'm going to have to take appropriate action and I can be bailed out by VAR if it's wrong. And yes, that's what's happened. And But then the people at Stockley Park have also thought to themselves, maybe they're going through the same thing. And then we've had a series of events that has led to the red card. I think it's I think it's harsh. And i don't think it's the right decision and unfortunately no matter no matter what you do with the game you're always going to have decisions like this there isn't a there isn't ever going to be a res, you know a resolution to this kind of stuff
1: yeah i mean luke I, he obviously initially didn't think it was even a foul because he didn't yeah, blow for no, a free no, kick or anything no, no. um so to then resort to a red card having seen what he seen it's not like he was it was behind his back or anything like that he'd seen the tackle he had his own viewpoint, I'm sure, on what happened. It, it, it,
0: it felt a bit unjust, maybe. I think from my perspective, anyway. I, I think the I think the leg and what happened to the leg is what made the referee send him off, not the actual incident, which is slightly unfair. Mm, I agree. think. Um, yes, we always want to protect the players, you know, because we don't want any footballer at any level receiving injuries like that. But sometimes in football and ultimately in life, these accidents do happen. And like Matt said, there's no malice in it. You know, you can, I think nine times out of ten, you can tell when somebody is meaning to hurt somebody or somebody is being reckless. And I don't think there's either of those in, those, in that tackle. It's just really... Really unfortunate, you know, the ball's there to to be won. The ref's not even felt that it's a free kick at the time he's played on and he's got a good view of it. He's not too far away from it. And I do think then, obviously, seeing his leg, how he went, and that's why he has sent him off, which is wrong, ultimately, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a few minutes later in the game, Liam Cooper goes in, to a tackle with Sadio Mane in pretty much exactly the same way Uh, wins the ball again Mane isn't injured in any any way from that incident but when you see that happen it what is your stance on this idea that retrospectively based on an injury you can actually go out and dish out that kind of punishment
0: I think (sighs) then do you say should David Luiz have got sent off when that incident happened with Raul. And, uh,
1: that. That feels like a parallel argument, mm, yeah? yeah. 100%. I think because I, I'd argue Louise was probably more reckless, even,
0: yeah, 100%. Then the way 100%. Pascal Strack
1: actually went in to make the challenge, 100%.
0: And yet, and he, it, he, 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 he played on, he, he played, he on, played on, he played the game, he played yeah. It. I
1: think, he, no, he, yeah, he got substituted though because he had his own kind of head trauma thing yeah. going on, um, but. I guess, I mean, the, the, the wording in the laws is about endangering an opponent. Mm. I mean, any tackle could be seen as potentially endangering an opponent, couldn't it? Of course, when a, keeper,
0: when a keeper comes out to punch the ball, that could potentially be endangering. I
2: mean, the, yeah, there's, the there,
0: there's complete... You can interpret that however you
2: want. You both go up for a header and a player can land and snap his ankle. Mm-hmm. It's no fault of the defender or the attacker or whoever's the one making the challenge. I mean... You can you can go in deep and make that as ridiculous a rule as you want it to be. I just think from we have to we have to accept it as what it is and it's a freak injury. Yeah, and it, these things happen. And you know, th- there's more there's more malice in in know other challenges that we've seen where you know when Van Dijk got well, did, clapped, did you see like, Tanganga's
1: clapped? challenge on Zaha? No. Oh my God! What
0: was he? What was he
1: even? He feeling? went. He was like chest tight he just I don't know what he was, what doing. was he doing. But he that, that's where. That that's a genuinely dangerous approach. Yeah, to... that should have been
0: a red card. And Do you know what annoys me in situations like that one? Uh, how the ball got booked. Now, Zaha, yeah. you can say, all right, well, they'll react. If somebody has literally just he... ran toward you and pushed you in the chest, you
1: are going to react. Be right to react that way. You're now, going he... to
0: react. It's a he got a lot of
1: shit because I think he's he's reacted inappropriately to other situations and got very yeah, so angry. I,
0: but sometimes I, I look at Zaha. I love Zaha. I think he's an absolutely fantastic. He's a brilliant player. Caller. He's a brilliant player. If I've been, if I'm getting kicked from pillar to post, and let's be honest, the reason that these defenders are kicking him because they do is because he's too skillful for them, and they don't like it and they can't handle it. If I was being kicked the way he does, then I think I would react as well. We've because seen though that the, I can't the just the, be around the, kicking people.
2: They're is not that not a mandate? There isn't. There's a mandate. We saw it in the um, in the England Poland game. If there's a fracas someone someone has to get carded from either side it's just it's just the way it is yeah I mean, you're right it just, the, the referee it's has just, to be
1: seen to be doing something almost it's yeah it's uh yeah
0: going back to the, to the incident today um with Harvey Elliott i think that especially because the refs had chance to then review it and look at it pitch side the decision should have been free kick to liverpool yellow card and then obviously have a conversation with him. I can see you haven't tried to hurt him, but maybe just try and... This is, this is where the laws,
1: the laws of the game. They, they won't interfere on whether it's a free kick or not because it's not, it's not a significant position on the pitch or anything, is it? It's only ever going to be if it's a red, if it's a penalty. You know, that kind of thing is the only yeah. time that VAR will actually interfere. Mm.
0: What, what would have happened if he didn't send him off?
1: You carry on as 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 you are. I I, I don't see what, why. Been,
0: I bet somebody kick the ball. No, because nobody kicked the ball out today. No, it no. One
1: contested drop ball from where it was in play. I mean, I'm sure you can figure that. out. That doesn't feel like a major issue to me. But bottom line, I mean, for a start, for the spectacle, it's, it was a decent game up until that point. You know, it stays. You know, an even in even fixture where Leeds actually have a chance of getting back into the game from that point onwards. It was a done deal. Um. Yeah. Through no real fault, you know if he'd actually gone out to hurt him, you can understand what they should be punished for that, but they've then been punished for a consequence rather than a you know an actual act, so yeah, I just thought I thought it would be an interesting debate to have anyway and um if you guys have got any thoughts um drop us a tweet on 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 your opinions on the matter as well And we can, we're, we're more than up for a a twitter debate of that kind um at the fan cast so moving on to the brentford fixture um i don't know if you guys uh, watched the highlights of brentford's game against brighton uh, yesterday where they, where they lost one nil um brentford were almost uh, aping brighton's game from last season i think mm. based on the fact that they were the better side they had the chances and they were beaten in the last minute so bit of an unknown quantity um a lot of their squad is what it was from the championship they haven't necessarily made a lot of signings um but I don't I don't know how much you know about Brentford Matt but they seem to be going about their business quite nicely
2: well me and Luke we talking about this pre-show about that Brentford like a lot of promoted teams do and promoted teams that haven't been able to flash the cash although obviously it's a new sign in, in the fact that they've kept hold of of, of Ivan Tony's. that that um, they've just got a fearlessness, which I respect massively in a, you know, coming into, maybe it's naivety. I don't know, but they've got a, they've got that swagger of the new, the new kid on the block that comes in and is the unknown entity. And I do like to see that. And I hope for that reason that they do make a semi success of this season at the expense of a, of a team like palace or well i mean norwich are, norwich are gone already four games in let's be honest um <laughs> but i hope it's at the expense of a, of a of a team like palace or a team like southampton who routinely want to become a after after market car salesman um because they'll just routinely ship their players out and not not think of the consequences of it um i think brentford their, their exciting play and the way that they have no fear will unfortunately be their undoing, though, as we do see a lot of times also with promoted teams.
1: Yeah, they obviously have uh, a real um, significant striker in Ivan Tony who scored a hell of a lot of goals at championship level. Looks, looks the part, to be fair. I don't know if you saw... The, the attempt from near halfway, yeah. that would have been one of the best calls I think I'd yeah. ever seen if that went in, the way they Absolutely. built it up and then the way he hit it. Unbelievable. But do you think uh, it could cause us some problems, um, knowing how good we are at the back now?
0: Ivan Tony is a fantastic striker. Um, I'd love him at the Wolves. I really would. I think he's, again, he's powerful, he's big, he's athletic, he's quick, he's strong, he's intelligent, got good technique. He works hard as well for the team. You know, he's got a good defensive side to him. He's a, he's fantastic. You know, I like to watch him. Um, I think Brentford, I think they'll do all right this season. I can see them finishing anything from 15th upwards. I don't see them getting involved in a relegation battle.
1: No, okay.
0: No, I don't see it. I think, I think they've got a good style. They've got a good identity as well. And <clears throat> like Matt said earlier, could it both be naivety, but that sort of new boy, I think they know what they are, they know who they are, and they pretty much say, we're Brentford, this is how we're going to play. We aren't going to change what we do or how we do it for anyone. Yeah. And I like that about them.
1: I mean, I don't necessarily think, um, say they did go down this season, it would be the end of the world for them. We've seen that they've, they've made pretty good investments in terms of signings, the likes of Neil Mopai, uh, Saeed Ben Rama, um, I think Chris Meppen went for quite a bit of money to Bournemouth as well. They're quite happy moving on their big hitters yeah, um, yeah. as and when the time comes. So, yeah,
0: did they have Andre Gray as well?
1: Andre Gray, I yeah. Had,
0: um, Scott Hogan, when he was doing bits yep. and then he went, did he go Blues for like 15 mil? Laughing. He went, he went oh, to like Villa first. For like 15 mil. So they've got yeah, a nice of yeah. that. But they've, they use like a money ball technique, don't they? Yeah, in their the, recruitment, it's all stats based.
1: Yeah, uh, the 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 owner, math guy called Matthew Benham. He's, um, I think, he's a poker player uh, by trade, yeah. professional yeah. poker player, and um, he does just st- statistical models and everything based around running the football club. One of the most interesting decisions I think they made was they realised, based where they are in London, that their academy was worth nothing to them, um, because all the big clubs were taking all the talent mm. and they just binned it off. Yeah. So now they've got a they've got like an under 23s or a B team. So any academy dropouts from like under 18 level from the from the, the other London clubs, they might take a chance on some of them. I think Meppen was one that came through the system and ended up making them what probably 15 million quid. Um but the cost of running an academy, I can imagine, if you're not earning the dollar out of it like say we've we managed to earn three and a half million out of owen atasawi just as an example you know we've had a bit of a success there when you're adding up the the cost and 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 the balance sheets it it's a brave decision to make but it's also quite a sensible one when you think about it
2: Mm, i think it's you mean this in the nicest way possible but you're forward planning for relegation you're forward planning for promotion either way aren't you you're securing yourself either way if you're not Having a major outlay, you're not riddling yourself with debt for a potential drop, and you're giving yourself a fighting chance of, of of not being saddled and getting back up again, and all the riches that that brings again. So I like that model. Like I've got I've got no issue with that. Um, you know, you've got teams that complete the completely other side of it, like Villa, for example, who will squeeze every bit of FFP out of it as uh, that they can. I know, obviously, with with the sound of Greedish, that kind of flips that on its head a little bit. But you know, should Villa ever go down, you'd expect them to be in massive dire financial straits. Um, so it's, Villa it's an Villa, Villa are a
1: massive club though, and they have to go out there and spend the money because they're going to finish like top six this season. Oh. That's what.
2: Well, it's funny you should say that because I heard a great take um, before I came on here when I was listening to the radio, and it was a Leeds fan, and then another Leeds fan. And then another Leeds fan who were who are so confident that a top ten finish would be a disappointment for them this season. They're really confident that they're gonna they're gonna still do things in this in this season. And I've never watched the first I've, few
1: games this season.
2: From what I've seen, they're anything but that at the moment. It, you know, it feels like a combination of all of that work that Bielsa's put in in terms of and by work. I don't mean tactical work. As in Flogging a dead horse. is finally oh. coming to its its fruition well, because they haven't basically-
1: improved their squad at all. That's that's mm. the bottom line. They've they've signed a left back for quite a bit of money, but really, every everyone that's there is is was was part of the squad last season. But mm. um, kind of bringing it back to to, to Brentford and the, the game, um, home fixture, lunchtime kickoff. Uh, I think we're on TV uh, yep. on that basis, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just exciting going back to money to watch Bruno Ball, isn't it?
0: Well, I'm missing this game.
1: Oh, Lucky boy. I yeah.
0: know oh, the early kickoffs killed me. Um, my lad's playing away. I think we're in Coventry. Half oh, you want to teach them oh, young that that's not a good thing to do, play away? Gonna, you know?
1: What a double whammy that is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind. Um, but I, I, I can see it being a good game. They were actually trying to play football because they try and play football. You know, I think they've got a good yeah, are uh, they're, they're quite entertaining. Yeah. Uh, but I hope, and I do believe. See, I can't even look at Brentford, even if we're playing well, and think, "Yeah, we'll put these to the sword." But I just hope that we do have enough quality at home just to see them off. I can't. I, it's going to be a tight game.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm end to end. But yeah, like you say, yeah. tight. I think. I think the. The lack of top top draw quality from Brentford will stop them from scoring too many goals. Um they might create a couple of chances, but I can't see them necessarily putting them away. Um and our our job will be to make sure creating good chances rather than just the high volume that we've been doing um yeah. at the moment. But if you if you had a prediction for me, Matt, where, where are you going? Well
2: as much as I've said I respect Brentford and I like what they're doing I think they're in for an absolute pasting I really do and I think that, that win now is has will galvanize the squad so much and I think that I think everyone will, will just be counting down the days until this fixture I really really do I think they're in for like a a 3-0 a 3-0 defeat for Brentford um okay. and I also and I, and I I think Raul sees a huge huang in his rearview mirror and i think he gets his first of the season as well
1: <laughs> that would be alarming i think to be <laughs> Wouldn't <fair. it> just...
0: <laughs> luke where's your money
1: this weekend
0: i'm gonna go for a professional 2-0 home victory
1: okay yeah i'm i'm feeling i'm feeling a three 0 actually as well mm-hmm. I'm fe- i feel like They'll put up a good fight for a good hour or seven minutes, 70 minutes. The changes will come, whichever way they do, you know, whether we start um the, the the usual lineup and then and then change it or vice versa, and then we'll we'll pick them off a little bit after that. But looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing them um, uh, Ethan Pinnock actually as well. I think he's a really, really good player. Come come through quite late. Um mm-hmm. would have taken him as a as a setter off option as well, I think. Um but should be a good game, should be a good game. Um just before we move on to Twitter Corner, uh, there's been references throughout the podcast. There's plenty of references out there on social media at the moment. But when do we stop talking about that bloke down at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Uh,
2: it's, it's a difficult one because, you know, everybody's got friends that are still card-carrying paid members of the Cult of Nuno. And now, every, and now, and you know, we're always going to have that banter about it. And I still think, for the moment, it, there is going to be a certain level of obsession, and there'll be people within the fan base, not discounting myself from this, that that took delight at the fact that Spurs lost so convincingly. And genuinely weekend. wallowing,
1: um, genuinely wallowing in that misery, <laughs> people. Yeah. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, it's a really strange one, and I think you know, it's just one of these. It's it's an ex, and, and and you know what? It's not just an ex. Everyone I'm looking around me has got the ex. You have got your exes, but you've got the ex, and he's the ex,
1: and he's well, always... the one. The one you might actually go back in for, is that what you're saying? Wow,
2: well, you never know. You never know, mate. <laughs> you never know, do you? But I think, I well, think for the, I, I think for now, the wounds, the wounds are still are still fresh. So it, it, it's culturally okay to still talk about Nuno.
1: Well, you, I mean. I feel like it should be he, who, he who must not be named now, or Commander Handbrake. Maybe that'll stick with us Commander for for the, yeah. for, the, for the for the time being. But Luca, I mean, part of me wants to get the the in betweeners gif out every time the beep, 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 beep that, that <laughs> one when, when everyone mentions frigging Nuno. Now, so uh...
0: I just, I, I, I was buzzing when I saw the Tottenham result. man!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: <laughs> buzzing <laughs> because <laughs> you know what? That one he made, by... Before Christmas. He ain't gonna last there.
1: But are we really and happy with what, that? Is that what we're, we're saying?
0: Oh, God. Do you know if he would have gone abroad and he would have managed in Portugal, Spain, France, Germany, wherever, I would have been like, you know what? I hope Nuno does all right this season. But because he stayed in the Prem, I just why would I want Tottenham to do well anyway? If if he One. if he got
1: sacked, like which is I think is basically what happened.
0: I think it would be hilarious.
1: No, what I'm saying is I think he
0: got sacked from the wolves job. Yeah, and rightly so, because he's
1: tactically. Yeah, but then so how, how why why are you hating on him so much then? That's what I don't
0: understand. You know what I think you know what I think what? it is. Why? Okay then, let's put it this way. <laughs> right. Should why should I be happy for the manager of Tottenham Hotspur?
1: Not about being happy for him. I just don't understand why everyone's really excited and rubbing their hands about the fact that he's flopping.
0: Because it's funny. Because it's <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? I'm going to tell you why now. Let me get comfortable in my chair. Here we fucking go. <laughs> Let's ramp it so, up. Last season, right, when I would maybe dare to say something negative about Nuno, because you couldn't, because he was the, the second coming of Jesus fucking Christ, to some fans. Well, the happy clappers made your life a fucking misery. And now to just be able to say, he was shit Because he was. Because he's proven it at Tottenham. Zero shots on target before half-time. Shock. Playing negative as fuck against us. Shock. Looking boring. Shock. No attacking threat. Shock. It's... It's... I feel like he lied to us for <laughs> 18 months. He lied to us for 18 months. Pulled the wool over our eyes. We had to sit through some some of the worst football. It was so boring <laughs> watching Wolves. <laughs> Add on top of that fucking COVID and lockdown, so it's shit enough as it is. And you'd be like, oh my God, we've been in lockdown for three months. I had seen fucking Dave, who I usually see in the pub for six months. At least the Wolves i on this weekend though. And then that'd be absolutely dog shit because of him. Because it was nothing to do with the players. It was all him. So that's I why. Think... <laughs> now I hope he does the same at Tottenham because Eddie Will do the same at Tottenham. <laughs> I want him out before Christmas. Fuck Nuno. But at the same time, I appreciate and I respect all the good work he did do for us. But it had come to an end. And, yeah. and yeah. sorry, I've gone on a right rant here. But what did it for me, right? 3-2, down, at home, to the Albion and he's sitting in the dugout like he's fucking waiting for his Chinese to, to be... <laughs> Delivered. <laughs> the, the look game. he had on his
1: face, I think, is about an hour late as well. That exactly.
0: He definitely left a one-star review on Just Eat. <laughs> but, nah, that, that did it for me. That did. Because I thought, when playing the Albion for the first time in a decade, at home, when 3-2 down, they am absolute shite. And there's not one bit of emotion in you. But yet, when, when Jota scored the winner against Leicester, you're running on the pitch and that. When we beat them four three, you're running on the pitch, but now you've got, but now you've got no emotion, and we're losing to the Albion. Nah, man. The no missus like has that. literally
1: just left the room. She's had, it disgust. She's had <laughs> enough.
0: Disgust. He loves Nuno. <laughs> <laughs> you love Uno, I'll tell you. Yeah. She loves him. Can't stand it. it's, My missus it's, is the same. My missus it's is the same. It's yeah. hard though. But uh, for me, it's
2: not a case of. I relish the glee of Nuno losing. It's I, I it's you know love the man's achievements, what he did for the city and I've spoke about how he gave the city an identity and all that good stuff. It's the it's his, it's his, it's the cult, the cult of Nuno that do mm-hmm. it for me. It's it's the reaction on social media, it's the loving, it's the Southbank singing his name after his team has beat us. It's all of that that comes with it that makes me just cringe and think what's you know How's that any better than Pogba giving a home fan a shirt? So, you know, I just uh, it makes me feel sick. Like yeah. I, it's the cult of Nuno, that annoys
1: me. Well, well, Say once I mean,
2: more the cult of Nuno. I mean, that's, that's I've already question. given
1: this more airtime than I would have liked, <laughs> frankly. So we're going to move on. And Matt, you're going to take us through Twitter corner. If I, am, I am,
2: I am indeed. Let's move swiftly on. Uh, soccer near fights podcast wants to know, do you think we could score more goals in a 4 4 2 with this squad? Or do you think we should just stick with a 3 4 3 and this exciting defensively stout lineup? Um, I'm guessing by 3 4 3 means more of the kind of 5 slash 3 hybrid that we play when we okay. go and attack and defensive. But do you think that we'd score more in a 4 4 2? Would that leave us more defensively exposed?
1: I think we would straight away allow teams to get closer to goal um, without playing the way we are at the moment. So that would concern me a bit. I don't think we've got a real problem yet um, with the way we're, we're attacking. We've only had three, what, four games. One game we, that we really should be winning, and we did. Um, the other three felt hard done by. Um, so I think until January, I, I'll probably persist with the way we are until maybe we get a centre half upgrade and maybe a central midfielder who can, who can do a little bit of a different job for us as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Luke, what do you reckon? It's a difficult one, um, but I think whilst it's working at the moment, I wouldn't touch it. And I think if if you can get Raul, Trincao, Traore, Huang all firing, then I don't think it matters what formation you play. We're gonna get goals. Mm. Essentially, I yeah. think some, to be fair, I think. <laughs> I think playing with the 3-4-3 three, three, as we're playing now might even help us out more going forward, as mm. bad as that sounds, because especially we look how attacking he is. So at times you're attacking with Samedo, Traore, Jimenez and um, Trinco on the left. Fair enough. He's encouraging uh,
1: Marcel to push on as well. Like, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. He was getting in, in the box at the back part. I wouldn't necessarily he's the best player for that, but I mean, he's there.
2: Mm-hmm um Wolf 84 wants to know noting uh emma raducanu's success what was your biggest achievement at aged 18.
0: probably not I mean, my, my,
2: mine's uh pretty embarrassing i would the band i was in we'd done the music for a tv program when i was like 19 or 20 or so but by that point we we're on the stoke 2004 end of season dvd as, <laughs> oh really yeah, 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 yeah. As, as like That's the back of yeah. music for the entire DVD. Oh,
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, that's,
1: that's
2: about as good as it gets for by the time I was good. 18.
1: That's pretty good. I, I I just turned 18 actually, and uh, I spent two weeks um, training with a professional football club in India. Um, okay, which was uh, which is that was an amazing experience. Like genuinely, it was it was really really good. You had to live on site uh, and stuff, and like a residential um, at the training ground. It was too hot to train during the day, so you had to get up at like six in the morning have your morning session. And then six in the evening for a, a, another session as well. And um, you basically just lived in each other's pockets as a squad. So, um, yeah, that was that send, was brilliant.
2: If, if they still exist, Gully, send them that clip of when you misjudge that header in the charity game and say, <laughs>
1: job well done. <laughs> 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 Honestly, like. Defenders never get the hype, man. We just don't. I feel like fucking Max Kilman right now. He's only just been <laughs> recognized. Yeah.
2: Have you got got anything noticeable from when you were 18?
0: I think just the fact that I got through school was an achievement for me. And that's about as good as it got.
1: Luke, you went to (laughs) St. Peter's, mate. You was all right, I'm sure
0: just about mate <laughs> great through. crawled over that finishing line I did
2: Lynx <laughs> um, Wolf wants to know and I've got a follow up question to his question do you think we could get Ben Foster on the pod to talk about his special relationship with Wolves it was nice to hear him acknowledged by our fans yesterday but, but I want to ask a question has it gone the other way now with Ben Foster is it is it just the villain that we love to hate and actually in 10-20 years time he'll do an evening at Molyneux and he'll talk about the, that relationship with the club and actually he'll end up turning the other way and it won't be a fan favourite, but he'll just be respected and liked because of how much we hated him. I actually don't mind Ben Foster.
0: I watch some of his The Cycling GK videos on YouTube. They're, they're mm. a good watch, to be fair. He's good value. like Foster's the sort... Take out who he paid for for a couple of seasons. But he seems like a good character to have around the dressing room. I like it'd be a good laugh.
1: He looks like he can give it and take it, to be fair yeah. to him, I think. And he's, he's pretty, pretty with that. Yeah, he ain't got a problem do. with that.
0: Yeah, I Fuck, think, him. like,
2: you know, the the after-dinner circuit is is ripe for him. And I think that we'll see him at Molyneux more than he'll go to some other clubs and, and then tell his story about how he was Booed to shit at every time that wolves played a team he was with and, and people are lapping up to be honest um finally tom martin five who will win more caps for england cody or kilman do. I think yeah
1: so. as, as long as southgate's in the job cody's got a place there hasn't he and I, as long as as long as england are getting drawn against Andorra or san marino in qualifying groups he's definitely got a game. <laughs>
2: Did you ever see that um, film Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams where a robot tries to convince a court of law that he's actually human? Until Max Killman can do that, he's not getting the English. <laughs>
0: so...
1: oh, yeah, I'm pretty convinced he doesn't have a personality at all.
0: <laughs> exactly so. Have you ever seen his facial expression change? No. Nah.
1: There, there was
2: that clip on the on the train or the coach up or whatever when he's like... I know someone put a filter on it but he's just like completely stoic eating like jammy dodgers or something he he's did celebrate like...
1: a goal at forest quite vociferously i think that's the oh, most right? i've seen from him yeah yeah i was there i, I can say i was there the day kilman celebrated a goal.
2: <laughs> broke the matrix
1: <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> uh, well that's everything guys from uh, twitter corner thank you very much for your questions I uh, hope um, that we can answer them in future and uh, get anything off your chest. doesn't have to necessarily be football related. So thank you very much for getting in touch with us.
1: And thank you for leading us through that, Matt. Um, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, we'll have some more content coming at you throughout the week. We've got uh, a GTA coming this week, looking back at the Watford game. Um, so keep an eye out for that on our YouTube. We'll have a preview show as well um, for the Brentford game and you feature fancast fridays uh, which i hope you're all enjoying got some great guests so far likes of uh, tim Vigon miles jacobson uh, amongst others so yeah plenty coming from the fancast just like to thank our sponsors the kings Winford sports shop and uh, wolverhampton eats um thank you for supporting us and uh, we are a part of the 90 Minute football network as well so go and check out them and uh, if that's everything, boys, uh, good night, God bless, and look forward to Bruno Ball next week.
0: Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it would be a war fun, eh? I'm good people might get winners here for Wolves, blasts in the shot. What a-